Ben does what he wants means I do what I want. We lost, by the way, but, you know. I'm sorry. No. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight. Best Picture. You remember this, right? Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember. I actually didn't watch this. This This is the... Recording this little bit was the first time I'd seen this. Right. It is, it was legitimately like, I'd been watching the Oscars for, This is very unfortunate what happened. Like eight years at that point. Personally, I blame Steve Harvey for this. I would like to see you get an Oscar anyway. Why can't we just give out a whole bunch of them? I'm going to be really proud to hand this to my friends from Moonlight. That's nice of you. That's very nice. Oh yeah, it was Beatty. Hello. Beatty Hello. took the Beatty took the a beating. I, I once. Warren, what did you do? I want to tell you what happened. I opened the envelope, and it said, "Emma Stone, La La Land." That's why I took such a long look at Faye, and at you. I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were funny. That Thank was you very funny. much. Thank yeah. you very much. Wow, this is this um, is Moonlight, the best picture. Yeah. All right, now we're in the thick of it. Uh, Spencer, welcome back. So good to have you back. I'm uh, back. Hey. Your third, good your third time. Um, third? Your, yeah, your third time, but tw- tw- uh, twice a fit more officially. Technically, right. it's your third time in the booth. Right. The booth bedroom. Oh, yeah, because we had one that didn't record. Well, it did. It just got whatever corrupted or something like that. The infamous lost uh, Van Morrison episode. Oh, yeah. Nobody will never know how I feel about Van Morrison. But, yeah, they'll just have to come to you in person. Directly. Um, Only way to do it. Um, Well, thank you for coming back. Spencer Hawk, everybody, is back for another episode. Hello. This is going to be a a how about that. Because it's not really a, you're not late to the party on this. You're interested in A24. I'm interested in it, yeah. Oh, that is also the subject matter. Yes. I'm your host, Ben Schlofeld, for another week, um, or two weeks, I'll, whenever. I post episodes when I feel like it. Um, and uh, my website, if you're interested in getting at me, is www.benschlofeld, and that looks like schlotfeld.squarespace.com. Um, so yeah, Spencer, welcome back. Do you have Thank any, you. any, uh, any before we get into the thick of everything, do you have any things you'd like to... Plug, plug, plug. Um, cozy comedy is the sketch group that I'm in. We've been making uh, sketches, which we mostly compile into mixtapes. So they're funny, guys. We do, we do. Thank you. We do our thing. We make sketches. Um, we're currently working on our third one. We've got about fifty-five minutes of material that you can view on our YouTube channel, Cozy Comedy, right now. Um, feel it's free co- to like and subscribe. It's not cozy comedy right now. It's cozy comedy. Cozy cozy comedy. Period. You can view them right now. Yeah, there you and go. <laughs> yeah, they're all online. Um, next project is not in the can. We're in pre-production for it. It's 
oh, excuse me, uh, fundamentally all written. It's probably going to take about two and months. It's going to be make. real fun. <sighs> we hope it's going to be fun. Oh, we've been having fun talking about it and writing it. So let's see how it goes. Great, and that's yeah. coming down the shoot sometime later. You, you, no ETA on that. No ETA. I would say. Uh, it's the most ambitious thing that we've done because we keep trying to ratchet up the intensity of everything that we've been doing. Mm. Um, So this third thing that we're doing will probably be, who, (laughs) if I had to guess, probably like uh, 10 weeks, uh, 12 weeks, uh, three months. Hey, take your time. Something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Quality over quantity. And that's what I said. Right for for now, most of you guys have 55 minutes of of, uh, content to binge until then. Yes. And that's about Lock your doors and stay in the whole weekend. Order some pizza. Mm -hmm. You've got 55 minutes of content. The script right now is about 30 pages long. So we're going to... And we're not done with it yet. And it's probably going to be about <sighs> 35 at the end. So of you're everything. thinking about a 30 minute if we're doing a page a minute? Yeah, generally. If Which that is it, the golden rule. That is the golden rule. Um, editing and certain dialogue. And that might take away from it a little bit. But mm. it should be roughly 30 minutes. We're also trying to cut it down. So uh, we'll see. Or don't. Or just make what's fun. We're having fun. You're not, you know... It's not like you have a producer who's like, uh, hey, you told me 32 minutes. This is 33 minutes. No, no. Uh, we don't have any of that. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to worry. We are beholden to no one but ourselves. And that's uh, that's a good place to be in sometimes. Yes. Are you ready, Spencer? I'm ready. Okay, guys. But uh, cozy comedy. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so this is a little jumbled um, because there is because the company is relatively new, there's not a ton of... There's some there's some interviews, there's some New York Times articles, but Wikipedia, this is one of the shortest Wikipedia pages. The longest part of the page was just the their their list of films, but actually actually that was on a separate page. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is the Wikipedia chunk. According to Wikipedia, A24, the the entertainment company we're talking about, was founded in 2012 by Daniel Katz, formerly led the he formerly led the film finance group at Guggenheim Partners. And it's a big investment firm. Invest, investment firm. Investment firm. Daniel Fenkel, co-founder and partner of Oscilloscope, which is another mm-hmm. independent film company. He's also started some other ones, too. Mm-hmm. And John Hodges, who is the head of production and development at Big Beach, another independent film company. Uh, and that's the company that uh, was responsible for Little Miss Sunshine. Oh. One of its its biggest films. Fox Searchlight is what I mostly associate Little Miss Sunshine with, but that was the distributor. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Which is a thing we're going to get into. <laughs> yes. It's a big part of A24. Uh, the entertainment company got its name from the Italian A24 motorway because they're real jet setters, these guys. Okay. Yeah, I guess there's a... A, motor, a motorway in know. Italy called A24. I don't know anything about Italy. Neither do I. Um, Guggenheim uh, ponied up the seed money to get A24 started. I wonder how they got that hookup. Uh, the company was looking to experience movies from a distinct point of view. Uh, the company officially started working in 2013 with the release of Roman Coppola's A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III. That was their first one? That was their first ever distribution. That was a stinker. Uh, uh, with a limited release, oh, the film yeah. did pretty poorly and mm-hmm. was not well-received critically. Yeah. However, the same year, they also acquired the distribution rights to Spring Breakers, mm. uh, which, with a budget of $5 million and a box office gross, uh, and this is domestically internationally, of $31.7 million, was a big success for the new company. 
A24 even began campaigning that year for James Franco to get an Oscar nod for his performance. Um, There's a little snippet about that. Uh, This was preceded by the Hollywood.com website that produced a, quote, four-year consideration, quote, poster of a nomination for Franco in March 2013. On December 2nd, 2013, A24 published a YouTube video titled, James Franco, Consider This Shit. But it's S H asterisk T. Oh yeah. Um, and also released print advertisements uh, following the quote the consider this shit theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, internet chatter considered the campaign a joke, but A twenty four has since made it clear that the campaign was indeed serious. Uh, and actually, Franco received the Los Angeles Film Critic Association Award for Best Supporting Actor, tied with Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club, Ooh. the National Society of Film Critics Award for Best Supporting Actor, and San Francisco Film Critic Circle Award for Best Supporting Actor, while the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association nominated Franco for its Best Supporting Actor Award. So, not that these are like Golden Globes or anything, right. but it, it sounds like the campaigning, maybe it worked. Yeah. Uh, also in 2013, they made multi-million dollar deals with both DirecTV and Amazon Prime for distribution and exhibition rights. Um, they dipped into TV with Playing House. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parnham. Oh, yeah. That was a TV. It was on was USA. TV, t- USA Network. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're the um, Womp It Up. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're both very funny. I've never yep. seen the show. But. The show had three seasons. I, th- I think it's uh, aside from, well, the next show. uh and Comrade Detective, which I'm actually kind of curious about. It's a Channing Tatum produced it. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Is yeah, he's a voice. So yeah. it's it's supposed to... We're talking about mockumentaries. This is like a mockumentary. Like it's, yeah. a, it's supposed to be a, um, a Romanian uh, television show Like that we found all these tapes from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then they these famous actors dub over it. Very, it's, it's, was a, it felt like it was a thing that everybody was kind of doing... In the in the early two thousand the two thousand tens, like uh, found footage sort of uh, uh-huh. comedy with voiceovers that don't, but they are doing a parody, of, right? Of sorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, uh, and plan and it, with and they plan to develop develop more shows. They're still making new TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, two thousand fifteen provided some big releases for the company. The Amy Winehouse documentary. Amy. That's very good. Uh, and the Oscar-winning Ex Machina uh, was also released in 2015. Writing this wave of success ushered in a very big year in 2016. Notably, in 2016, as we heard in our little soundbite there, they produced... This is this is their first production, was Moonlight. Like... Before that, they had, they had uh, distributed... Everything. They so they were a distributor first and a production company second. That's what that's what happened. I see. And Moonlight, obviously, won Best Picture, mm-hmm. um, uh, snatching it for the last minute from La La Land. And after 2016's explosive year in 2017, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, SunTrust Bank extended A24, A24's line of credit from 50 million to 125 million. So a, an Oscar win apparently gets you a hey. Your credit seems... You seem credible. Yeah. Let's raise your credit. Yeah. So they did. Uh, they also, along with Oscilloscope and uh, Honoro, Honoro, H-O-N-O-R-O. It's another film. I'm not joined, sure. Yeah, yeah. Join, they joined BitTorrent to distribute their work on, on the online platform, and they get uh, advertisement uh, uh, revenue okay. from them. Uh, since then, they've started a podcast. Uh, and made a big deal with Apple for more distribution. There's talk that like people are worried that Apple's going to control like what you can produce and what you can't produce, but apparently they're 
they have a pretty sweet deal and Apple just wants just wants content. Right. And A24 has a good brand and they want to get on that. They do. Yeah. So I say the story of A24, much like Miramax in its early years, is like the marriage of capitalism and independent film. Since Miramax, there's always seemed to be a, quote, new Miramax, like Lionsgate, mm-hmm. Focus Features, Annapurna, etc. Like, there's there's always Fox Searchlight. You know, yeah. there's mm-hmm. somebody filling that or, like, the new, like, ooh, these guys have have the, when I say this, like, because what's cool is always changing and a new company has to be the one to discover the new cool and be the driving force behind it. I suppose the true testament will, to A24 will be its longevity. Yes. If it does last. It's doing really well right, right now. now. Yeah. But like at first I thought that A24 was like an offshoot of Annapurna because Annapurna was like prior to A24 coming, coming into its own. I'm like, oh, yes. Annapurna was like Megan Ellison. Exactly. Who is the daughter of like this hedge fund billionaire yes. who was like, dad, can I have like $60 million of seed money so I can fund the master? And yeah. and she and he's like sure, and then the master was like a relative success, and she like Oscar funded nominee, like yeah. the like the Paul Thomas Anderson movie that mm. she that Paul Thomas Anderson really wanted to make that wasn't necessarily marketable, but like still did well. Yeah, and like when I I was like I don't know I'm stupid, so it's like <laughs> and Aperna, and then like a twenty four, I'm just like a a oh because it's like. Fox Fox Searchlight like Paramount Paramount Vintage yeah that kind of thing yeah and then. I was like, oh, A24 is just more Annapurna, yeah. Megan Ellison, like, kind of like, I'm going to give money to a bunch of weird independent filmmakers to do a bunch of cool shit that they want to do. Um, but that's not the case. Nope. And then, so, like, seeing, like, the progression of A24, where they're, God, they're now releasing, like, they've got Euphoria on HBO. I was going to talk about, yep. They've got, we'll it's going to we'll be, go. like, five, six movies a year now. We'll go, like, we'll go through yeah. some of this right now. Yeah. I did not list, obviously, every single one of their pictures. I yeah. talked about some notable things and the ones that they produced. And yeah. I, we're going to get into this. But mm-hmm. So here's some excerpts from the um, a New York Times article came out in 2018 of March. This is by Brooks Barnes. And I just took some excerpts that I think kind of capture what is is notable and also very general about production companies. Just Well, they, yeah. they, I think they call them like entertainment companies. Right. Because it's not, they're not just a production company. They distribute to, and then they, that's, yeah. so for most theatrical releases, A24 would spend roughly 95% of its marketing money online using data and analytics to stitch films into the social media firmament in ways that prompts in ways that in ways that prompts movie lovers to feel a sense of discovery and pass the message on organically persuading fans to persuade one another right and that's right. Uh, right we're not talking yeah. about a, a huge marvel campaign we're talking about underground buzz mm-hmm. which is the which is like the only stuff that i really react to same here like but, but they know yeah. that <laughs> well like that that's the thing that like i feel weird about liking so many a24 movies is because you're, you're the market i'm i'm the market and i'm also just like a stereotype in terms of just like i'm a, a liberal like a liberal arts grad white guy in their late 20s who's just like i've always really liked movies and all these a24 movies all these yorgos lanthimos movies all these fucking uh like good time and like movies i get like so jazzed about when i see them i'm just like oh they're all a24 mm-hmm. so i'm like oh god they've got me in the palm of their hand they sure they sure do yeah they really do <laughs> uh everything about a24 is just fresh as a new daisy said uh, barry diller the former hollywood mogul who runs aic interactive corporation and has invested in several a24 projects enthusiasm aggression 
sheer smarts. Uh, it has not done it alone. Once one secret weapon has been Operam, O P E R A M, Operam. Operam. It's a stealth data and marketing startup that helps studios, including Fox Searchlight, mm-hmm. uh, develop algorithms used to target potential ticker, ticket buyers on Facebook and other digital platforms. Another sophisticated vendor that has contributed to A24's success is Watson DG, a web-focused marketing agency. So they're still they're using the exact same stuff that everybody else uses. They just picked a different demographic right and um, is watson dg like the ibm watson thing that I'm, beat like ken jennings at jeopardy or whatever is we it could, we could look that up over the break and I'm, let you know after the break maybe yeah we'll because that's the scary like ai that, oh it might be yeah i mean yeah we'll see uh at the same time a24's founders tapped into a deep unhappiness among young filmmakers about the state of the film business across hollywood almost wait almost executives talk most executives talk about franchises. Oh, all most executives talk about are franchises oh, yeah. and quote Awkward, awkwardly written. That yes. is way to go, Brooks Barnes, <laughs> New York Times. Uh, executives talk about our franchises and quote tent poles, movies with ed- with edges sanded off so they can play to the widest possible global audience. Even more out- art house companies struggling to fit- fill seats at- in the age of Netflix have become more dependent on stars and marketable concepts. Nothing bums out the auteur set faster. Of course. Than what I just said. So what's interesting, this is a quote. So what's interesting is that they're tapping into a new type of entertainment enthusiast, says D.D. Gordon, an independent brand strategist who has consulted for A24. It's similar, I think, to what happened in foodie culture. It used to be a rarefied niche. Then it became democratized. Every income level, every life stage, global. That is the opportunity that A24 now has at its fingertips. Interesting. So, and I think this is because, and this is what strikes me as as being an important factor in in A twenty four and all these other independent companies is that they're not that independent. Yeah, they are because they're not owned by a bigger studio, but they're still a stu- like that's what what is what now it qualifies as independent they, they don't have they still have shareholders I imagine they're not private I right i looked that up but like and it's uh, and it's weird to think of like a 30 million dollar movie as an independent, independent film like if the, if everybody on on in the in the the cast and in the crew if they're all in the union mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't certainly doesn't seem like it's independent they're winning academy awards like yeah these are reputable actors and actresses and and producers and all that stuff like they're these are people who are familiar with the biz i think they just what a24 has been able to do is and I think, so here yeah well real quick so these are the films a, 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 a to this day mm-hmm. according to wikipedia uh a24 has uh has their name on 89 films for distribution but only uh like these are the scant these mm-hmm. are the ones that they've actually produced okay so moonlight Mm-hmm. It comes at night. Yes. The lovers, killing of a sacred deer. Seen it. Heredity. Seen it. Native son. The, but HBO distributed that, but they produced it. Native, Native son. Native son. Okay. Probably it will mean it's going to be an HBO film. Yeah. Um, under the Silver Lake. Oh God! Did you see that one? I did not. Oh, pretty dude. recent. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I I could go off on under the Silver Lake. I think it's so good. But yeah, we'll get we'll, yep. we'll get to it. Yep. Uh, Share, which is an HBO distribution. Uh, mid mid nineties. Seen it. Eighth grade. Seen it. Uh, the death of Dick Long. Oh, that's coming out on that's Friday. Coming, yeah, that's, yep. it. Mm-hmm. that's why I said to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the only films that they've produced. Okay. 
out of 89, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 films out of 89. Okay. And that's crazy to me. Yeah. That, that means they just have... Then This is like where they, they'd go to like Telluride. They go to Sundance and mm-hmm. Cannes. They go to all the big festivals. And they're like, oh, that movie was good. Yeah. It's cool. The kids are going to... Let's buy it. Yeah. And, I, and that's... They just happen to be really... And they're not always great. Like they've yeah. had some... But that's the thing about distribution. Like when you have a flop, you're still not ponying up all the dough for it. You're just like, well, we bought it, we sold it, and it didn't sell that well. Right. Like uh, um, a most violent year did not do all that well in the box office. And just, like a like a critically acclaimed movie, I haven't yeah. seen it. I no. don't know anybody it's supposed who's to be really, fine. No, I don't know. Really I saw yeah, it. Yeah. I've never I've never met anybody who's mentioned it. But it it's looked, like, but it looks like a it looked like Oscar bait. Right. <laughs> like and like or it's Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Isaac bait. Oscar um, Isaac bait. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. Well, you see that A twenty four tag in front of a trailer now, and it's like, I'm like, oh, there's something interesting about this, or like, there's something that like, I don't know. I feel like, I I'm just, I feel very like, uh, manipulated by them in the sense that just like <laughs> I will I will watch a trailer. And if I see the A24 tag at the beginning of it, I'm just like, oh, there's probably something interesting about this. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, they know that I'm going to like it. Yes, they do. And it's like... And it's probably before a film that you're already like... Clearly, because you, you bought a ticket for this movie. Yeah. And it might also be an A24 film that you're already in the, the, the seat to see anyway. I would hate to see like my own statistics of like the movies that I go to see in theaters and how many of them over the past like two years or three years have been A24 movies. I mean, that's... I can... They well, I did see Killing of a Sacred Deer. I do like Neon a lot. They, they talk about like Neon is a big yeah. uh, competitor for A twenty four right now. As far as like not so much money because A twenty four doesn't even make the most money yeah. for independent films. Um, so someone else did, I, I had it's on the page, but like yeah. Um, but Neon's pulling up and like they are competing just you know in the same same demographics, same yeah. markets, and like Neon, it's like I feel like the like. In terms of like the quality of uh, film that they choose to distribute is like pretty similar to the quality of film that sure. I would see from an A twenty four. But then like what I like about Neon is they also do like their Neon Shorts program, which I think other than Pixar, I can't think of any other product like distribution company that does like they will screen a short film before the feature in the way that like not in my time like other than pixar i can't think of another like live like a live action like movie that no, has a live yeah. action short before they, it i mean they they didn't even i don't even know how often they would have done that you know when pre-film like cartoons and newsreels they used to do that in like the 40s and 50s and 60s yeah. but like i no not in my lifetime either yeah it just it just seems like very cool for me because and, just and like, like yeah. and pixar they tend to like that's part of the movie. Yeah. Like, this would be a completely separate entity. I didn't know Neon did this. I'm not yeah. familiar with this at all. It was I was when I saw Colossal with Anne Hathaway yeah. and Jason Stegas. That was a Neon uh, distributed movie. Okay. And there was a short before that one. And then I can't remember what other Neon... Oh, I saw Monos at the Music Box oh, this sure. past okay. weekend. Yeah, yeah. And that was a Neon distributed movie. Okay. How was that? Um, Oh, really good. Um, it was a uh, can't get myself get derailed too much. Yeah, got yeah. Oh, we're getting derailed because I I go to the movies. I like going to the movies. I like and then like 
what's cool what's cool is just like i don't know it feels weird to be a fan of a distribution company like in the sense of just like a24 and neon if it's like if i see that that branding on whatever trailer or whatever movie I'm seeing, I'm just like, oh, I'm interested in it. That's like, what yeah. people are talking about the most is that they've just done a very good job of establishing a brand, mm-hmm. uh, which is also infuriating to me because that, that that when you combine, again, capitalism and art, right. it, it, uh, it make I don't want to think about that. Right. I Deep down, I'm sure I'll always know that when I'm watching a film like... Millions of dollars had to go into this, which means someone had to pay millions of dollars, which means that somebody had to like convince somebody with millions of dollars that this was worth selling, which means that they're thinking about who's buying it, which means it's about money. Right. And the art is maybe the cherry on top, or if they think this sells, and they think they're thinking, does this sell? Like it's always right. does this sell. Um, and even though A24 seems to be on a platform where they're they are trying to show how like well we pick the, we'll pick the stuff that maybe doesn't seem like it's gonna sell right and it well and also what we're also not talking about is they still are, are paling in comparison to like universal and warner brothers like for th- sure th- you know we're talking about you know billions and billions and billions of dollars for a fucking marvel film right which is going to be the in- way more one film one Marvel film makes more money than all of A24's yearly box office put together. Of course. But then also like because we're, we're we're not part we're part of a yeah. uh yes a demographic but a, a smaller I want I'm not going to say poorer but there the the risk is going to be about the same and that's what's that's what's also frustrating, right? Cuz like right. they're always talking about risk when yeah. it comes to what you, what what you're producing. Um where they're just spending less on movies. Yeah. Well, it's like as a consumer, I feel less inclined to see something that costs sixty million dollars yeah. than I would like if I'm going to go to a movie. Unless I'm really interested in a wide release movie that's like distributed by one of the like the big uh, distribution companies like Paramount, uh, Twenty Twenty Century Fox, Disney. I'm like. Okay, um, unless I really want to see the movie, I'm probably not going to pay 15 bucks to see it. Yeah, rarely anymore. And so it's like when somebody, when a company like A24 comes along and it's just like they bought this from Sundance, they're releasing it in like a wide release, like 2,500 theaters. Like I feel like one of the reasons why I was attracted about living like in a big city like Chicago is like like the second week, other than New York and LA, it will come to Chicago if it'll be like, like it'll be like Gene Siskel or the Music Box or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or like issue. or like ArcLight or yeah, like uh, one of, one of those other ones. Like, I can go to the theater and see this movie. Like, I checked. Um, I've been checking this weekend because there's two independent comedies that are coming out this weekend: The Death of Dick Long yep. and The Day Shall Come. And those are two movies that I'm interested in. They're both playing at the ArcLight this weekend, and I'm like, oh, I would. Pro- I'm probably going to try to see one of them. And but not during my birthday, right? Not <laughs> during your birthday. On Saturday, I'm going to go to your birthday. Maybe I'll go to a matinee. You should. Um, <coughs> anyway, um, but it's like uh, if I want to support independent filmmaking, I feel like I need to go to these movies because it's just like I don't know what kind of percentage the filmmakers are getting or what kind of deal they got from the distribution company. I don't know how any of that money trickles down. That's And that's also a problem, right? Because yeah. what, what gets me to, and not to, not to derail you here, because yeah. I agree, like, how much 
do they even expect to make a lot from uh, the revenue at box office? Or they're like, we'll put it on Netflix and then we'll make a killing. Right. Like, how? That's what's still kind of unclear to me is like, well, how does does Netflix just quantify it by clicks? Right. Or like partial watches, full watches, and they decide like, well, hey guys, people are watching a shitload of your movie on Netflix. I guess we pay you more, or do they pay a flat rate for a film? Like, well, I feel I, like from do you what know I, anything about that? No, from like what I understand about Netflix is I was talking to um, a guy I met in college who used to do a bunch of work for Nerdist and did a bunch of like editing for like um, reality shows, like History Channel reality shows. He was just like uh, he was like an Iowa grad, uh-huh. and he'd seen like an improv show that I'd done. And uh, I got pulled on stage during a Nerdist podcast that was recording live in Iowa City at one time. And oh, so you've uh, you've already hit, you've already peaked. Yeah, You're, I, you are deigning, stooping to be on my podcast. Of course, for yeah. Time. And that, and the thing is, like, you'll never see, you'll never hear me on this Nerdist podcast because it was never released. I what? don't know why. I can't share it with anybody. But like. Yeah, I have met Chris Hardwick. He did starfish me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, he, you heard it first. Oh, this is must be. This must be a hot take. Episode. It's a it's a hot take. Chris Hardwick, you were never funny. I don't know why I liked you, um, but like he he was talking about like the way um, Netflix kind of like sells. Well, like the way the Netflix makes money for the most part is venture capital. Like they are still living off a lot of venture capital money in the sense that like they're this huge brand that everybody knows about. And they're eventually going to get to the point where it's like, we can sell our product and our own in like independent features to everybody else. Because like when you, when you get on Netflix these days, it's a lot of Netflix own, original, uh, original programming because yep. they want to pivot into being like their own thing that people pay for. And they kind of have, control over like the entire like means of production for themselves uh, where it's like, like a, a what do they call that a vertical uh integration vertical integration yes yeah. so it's like they don't have to pay nbc to get seinfeld they don't have to pay uh they'll fox have, to get the simpsons they'll have their own show that people like more than seinfeld hopefully right? yes that's and, th- and that's what they're trying to do yeah. but now they're losing a lot of money because like i watched Good luck i watched last weekend with a bunch of friends as a lark tall girl one of their new original movies Never heard of and it. it's absolute fucking dog shit. And it's just like, yeah, if you're not in like bright, like their $200 million Will Smith movie, <sighs> yeah. it's just like, that's is it really that much. Oh, it was so much money. It was $152 million, something like that. Jesus Christ. $200 million. Uh, bad. And it's just like, Never like, I feel like, I don't know who's like running. I don't know who's like the figurehead of Netflix or anything like that. But like, there is a system where they, according to this guy I met, Andrew Bentler, he was saying, like, there's a system where you can, if you have... Wait, did you just name drop Andrew Bentler? Andrew, Andrew Bentler. Everybody wow. knows who he is. Um, he Really, really nice guy. Check Six out his Six degrees stuff. here. That's what it's oh all about. Oh, my God, Andrew that's, Bentler. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I'm just trying to let you guys know that I'm cool and I know Andrew Bentler. Um, but, like, he was saying to me, like... Netflix has a system where, because he had like edited some like independent films, uh-huh. and he was saying like, you can pay Netflix to host your like product on their platform, or they pay you to um, put their product, put your product on their platform. So it's like 
depending on what kind of like cultural cachet your property has, they will either pay you for it or you have to pay them for it. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, it's like that if you, if you have, if you know, if uh Brad Pitt's production company was like B24 or whatever, yeah. B24, uh, B, B plan B plan B plan yeah. B. Mm-hmm. If, uh, well also Jennifer Aniston also it's both of them are, yeah. are co-founded it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If they have uh, a new film about uh, 13 Years a Slave, the sequel. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And Netflix may be like, we want that. Yes. We'll pay you for that. Yeah. But if you and I make a film, uh, a parody of Mindhunters, where Ed Kempfer's farting a bunch. Yeah. We'll have to pay them. Schmeind, 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 And then we've got, uh, we've got Yoda. Um, hitting the dab on uh, some serial killer who just uh, killed somebody, like, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the the funny shit that everybody really likes to like watch and um, (laughs) really consume. And we try to pitch it to Netflix, saying just like you're gonna make money off of this. And we also don't want to infringe on copyrights. That's where we're going to you because you probably own the rights to Mindhunters, of course. So um, we could we could we we pitch Mindhunters to Netflix. They say, I don't know about this. I don't know if we're gonna pay you for it. And we'll say, no, wait, we'll pay you. We'll pay you, and then along with your venture capital money, you can get a pretty penny off of this. Okay, Um, this makes sense. So they what like the experience like their first loss or not our first year of quarter or something first quarterly loss after something they released recently i can't remember but like as far as like the platforms go now just like from my own personal experience i don't spend a lot of time on netflix anymore because it's like we're on hulu more often right now hulu hulu's got like they got movies now they got a bunch of they should have the they should have the cartoons like Honestly, yeah. I went back to I went to I was always on Netflix for the cartoons, mm-hmm. which is my comfort food. Yes, and then they all left for Hulu, and I know it sucks because Disney owns like eighty percent of it or something like that. And I'm worried about Disney Plus. I, oh, it's, I, it's gonna, I think it's going to just crash, and I really whatever happens happens. Like the, the thing is, I have to I have to accept that I either stop watching the stuff that I that I have a fondness for, right, uh, out of defiance, yeah. or I just pay them and it doesn't fucking matter because they have all the money already anyway like i i could i could listen to very compelling arguments on both sides for why something like disney plus is doesn't matter or matters a lot well like me resisting disney plus will not change anything and i know that in my heart but like as far as like the disney plus principle yeah like the disney plus like pitch goes uh we talked about the simpsons last time i was here and i am like not as like well versed in like the entire Simpsons canon as you are, but it's just like you I see would, the first ten seasons. I, I could I could like get two months of Disney Plus and watch the first ten seasons of the Simpsons Easily. in two months. Easily. And just like, yep, I'm done. Yep. But then also like I'm like strangely interested in something like WandaVision, where it's like the fucking like vision domestic sitcom that's starring like Vision and like uh uh, you mean the superhero? Yeah, Vision. It's like for Marvel. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay. it's like it's like there's like they're doing some strange things with their like original programming that I think might be interesting. Wait, wait so he's like he's like the the mentor for like or like the the home take like, the, like he he is the guardian 
of uh, Scarlet Witch. So, like, is it, is, Silver... it, is it Scarlet Witch? Is that... Who, that's Marvel, yeah. Th- that's Marvel? Okay, so, that's like, Scarlet Magneto's Witch... Magneto's daughter. Yeah, so Scarlet Witch and Vision, there is, like, it is canon that they are together, but then, like, the WandaVision show that they're going to release in late 2020, early 2021 is pitched as, like, there was this uh, comic thing about the vision living like a domestic kind of like sitcom 50s lifestyle with scarlet witch and they're going to make it like a like zoom straight to thanos's moon exactly and it's like oh i'm interested in that more so than just like sounds weird and like yeah i want weird shit like i want to watch something like where it's just like oh it's like paul bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen, two actors who are very good actors, doing like this weird multi-camera sitcom that also like veers off. And the way they've pitched it is like it's going to be multi-cam for half of it, and it's going to be like Marvel production value for the other half of the episodes. And it's just it's going to be like a mixed media thing. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. It sounds yeah. I, I will I will always <clears throat> at least uh, sample something that like well. You're not. You're not just. It's not. The formula is different. I'll give you that much. Let's yeah. see what it ha- what happens with it. You know. So it's like uh, you can get me with like weird um, form stuff, mm-hmm. and if if you've got actors that I like, and it's like property, uh, it's like a property that I admire. Like I really. F- like I absolutely fucking hated Endgame. I I I'm everybody me, hated Endgame. It made me everybody, so. I haven't seen it yet, but everybody everybody I've spoken to, they just not liked it. I just and I liked Infinity War and like that's we also ta- what we, they said. We, we talked t- about we, the street we, corner. T- we yeah. talked about it on the street corner when I ran into it the other day. But it's just like oh I fucking hated Endgame and I liked Infinity War and I and like I know why, but I also know that like, um. If Marvel wants to maintain my attention, which I assume they want to because I'm a, guy, a white guy in his late 20s, yeah. um, they need to do some stuff that will play with the formula a little bit and play with some stuff like, I don't know, like Todd Phillips, the Joker, or just like stuff that like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see a $200 million movie as much anymore. I want to see a $25 million and movie. You all, and keep in mind, you might also soon be leaving their target audience. Oh, for sure. In three years, I will. And then I'm going to be a guy who just, like, whittles in the corner of his apartment and, like, I don't know, draws... Draws like uh, what sexy. you're whittling. Draw what I whittling, and then I make it like sexier and like that kind of thing. You put yeah. some boobs. On, I put some boobs on, on that the stick. On the <laughs> stick that I'm whittling, and that's how I kind of just like do my thing. And I don't post it, and I don't do anything like that. It's for you. It's for me. It's not for anybody else. It's just for me. All right, real quick before we go into a break. Yeah. Um, some uh some other noteworthy films uh that well these titles that I I'm, I'm familiar with, and yes. I think like. These are films they've their name is on, but they had no production. They didn't do anything with production. So, right. Enemy, that Jake Gyllenhaal film, the like, Canadian lo- film, love that one. Yeah. Un- Under the Skin, that Scarlett Johansson, love that film. one. That was too. a weird movie. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, this is mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tusk, the Kevin Smith film. Hated it. Oh, I thought it was weird, man. It was. I thought it was weird, but I also just didn't enjoy it at all. That's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. A most violent year. No, it's, I mean, it's fine. Uh, uh, we talked about that. Most, most violent fun. year. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Room. A, Liked a, it. Oscar winning. Yes. The Witch. Loved it. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, I also associate A24 with horror films. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the Lobster. Loved it. Swiss Army Man. Did. Lukewarm on it. It was all right. Yep. Uh, a Ghost Story. I have it in my queue. I have not seen it. I have either. not seen it yet. I've been really anti-Casey Affleck. 
As you should be, because it's just like, I think he's a very talented actor, but also everything I heard about the production of the Joaquin Phoenix mockumentary, uh, I'm Still Here Project, yeah. makes me think that, oh, Casey Affleck is probably not that good of a dude. He probably isn't. Um, and, and yeah, like there are a lot of great artists who are uh, pieces of shit, yeah. but there's also a lot of great artists who I don't know are pieces of shit, and I can go to them for uh, for art. Absolutely. Uh, the Florida Project, which Love has it. an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Bird. Liked it a lot. Another yes. uh, Academy Award-winning film. The Disaster mm-hmm. Artist. Hated it. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Yes. Midsummer, Liked it less than Hereditary, but still liked it a lot. Yeah, that's what I've heard, mm-hmm. too. Uh, the Farewell, which is currently in theaters. I Apparently, liked it. Uh, it's great. It's, I hear. It's, it's, it is good. It's like a very slight movie. More sl- like I don't know what I was expecting from The Farewell, but like... It had so much hype before I watched it. Really? That it like, sounds depressing as hell. It is. It's not as depressing as you would think, oh. um, because it is not as downer of an ending as you would expect. Oh. Um, but like, it is way. It was way more of a slight movie than I was hmm. expecting it to be, because people were telling me it's just like, oh, you're gonna cry your eyes out. And I'm oh like, well, that's th- you can't tell people that. Yeah. So the then on, I the I, only time, only time, and I think we can all agree. Up. The one oh, time, the one time I yeah. think everybody cried, and I know we've already said that to death. But like that's the only time I've ever been told I'm going to cry, and I'm like, oh, I did. It's so Other well that, done. The never, first scene it up is yeah. so well done, yeah. and it gets you every time. Uh, TV, the Carmichael show, which is on, which was on NBC for a couple. Heard of seasons. great things about it. I think I watched one episode for free. Apparently the form, the the format was a little wonky. Well, it's too. like multicam, yeah. but it's also like written in a way because I like Gerard Carmichael as a comic yeah. a lot. And they did a second. They have a second project with him too. That yeah, it was also short lived too. I yes. guess mm-hmm. uh, there was uh, Rammy on Hulu, and there was some watched movie. the first two episodes. Liked it a lot. Euphoria, which Brooklyn watched all of, and she enjoyed it. Haven't seen it, but I've heard great things. Uh, and then I'm sorry on True TV. Yes, which Scott Ackerman's been on three episodes. Yes, uh, Andrea, uh, not Savage. Um, I think it is Andrea Savage. Andrea Savage. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so on that note, yes. we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check up on that thing, apparently, your uh, Watson DG, yes. to see if A24 is evil. Yes. So stay tuned to see, is A24 evil? You'll find out right after this. And I over hit this button instead. I was about to hit stop when we need to hit the music. Right after this. Based on like the can, it, it looks like it should be a sweeter IPA. Well, it's called but Sex and Candy. Sex and Candy. It has candy and is his candy in the name. And sex can be pretty sweet too. Sex is usually sweet. Sweet as hell. Yeah, P and B. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 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 a bitter IPA, but I still like it. Just so everybody knows, um, we looked up Watson D and G. It is not the IBM Watson. That uh, Spencer was afraid it was. They are completely just completely different. Thing. Yeah, Watson. They're the design group. They just help with marketing and things like that. Mm. So, I've got some questions. Yes. Uh, let's get right into it. Yes. Um, first question. So, from after after the reading that I had, did you learn anything about the company that you didn't know before? I thought they were primarily a distribution company. Like, I didn't think that they actually produced movies, too. And I feel like I... 
I should know if it's a, a different thing that they're doing right now. I don't know if there's ever been a like how many other product like distribution companies are also production companies or whatever. But um, that's true. Yeah, that's- it's a. Uh, yeah, I thought they were mostly production companies, but then like also like yeah, Wait, here, mostly here, production or mostly distribution. Mostly distribution. Yeah. Okay, yeah so it's like, um, it's it's nice to see that they're also getting in the production side of things. And well, I mean, if, I feel like that's where the true artistry is. Like, it's not so much like seeing a good movie that somebody else made and saying, yeah, yeah, that was good. Let's buy it. And it's, instead of like reading a script, talking to somebody and saying. I can see this being a good move. I can, I can envision this, and I can be a part of making it some, you know, like far, you farm to table shit. Yeah, where it's exactly. like, oh, I'm going to bankroll this production, and I'm also going to release it into theaters. Like, yep. That's cool. Um, and, like, I love Killing a Sacred Deer. I, I watched that earlier this week um, because I saw that it was on Amazon, and I, I enjoyed it. Enjoy it. I saw it when I was in theater. I saw it when it was in theaters. The thing is, they like, did not distribute that film. They just did production on that film. Really? Yeah. I think it was. Uh, well, we could look it up, but like they did not do distribution; someone else did. That's interesting. Um, but like watching, I know. I know. Like, yeah. Why, how's the for a, a company that's primarily into distribution that they only produce they they were and they they weren't the only producer. They're rarely the only producer, right? Because uh, it's usually other companies or usually other uh, uh, sole backers. That's the way it goes these days. Yeah, because like no, yeah. when I watched that Monos movie that I mentioned in the first half of the podcast, it was like. That is such because Manos was like shot primarily in Colombia and it was mostly shot with unknown actors and sure. like that kind of thing. But like the opening like production uh, title screens for Manos was like it was like Dutch companies, Swedish companies, all Columbia over the place. companies, and probably like, like five of them. So, like so, like tons and tons. Yeah. Like probably like I saw like maybe like eight or nine different names where it's like this movie got $5 million from a lot of different people. And that it just sounds so difficult to make an independent film oh, uh, yeah. that, get, that it, it, that's decent with a, a wide, wide ish audience. And it's like that grant writing thing too, where yeah, it's absolutely. like, how do you get the grants from these companies where it's like, you've got to pitch this idea as like, or I don't know if you, uh, yeah, it's something I should have asked the director because it was also a director Q and A. Oh yeah, yeah, and he was there and like, how the hell did you fund this thing? How did you fund this? Did you create a short film? Well, he also had that, like they, he, a lot of people do that. They'll create those like production exclusively for selling the film. They'll make like a short, like they'll make like a trailer, yeah. for the movie that doesn't exist yet. Just so they can pitch it to producers, mm-hmm. and then the, you get a bunch of money from that. If and you then can, the, if you yeah, can, yeah. but then also it doesn't. It works. It works out so seldom. Yeah, and like so many people try to do that, but they're just like. Yeah. I had a buddy uh, who who did the same thing. Like uh, I even auditioned to be in his his yeah. trailer for the for his like I think like I don't know if they call it production reel or yeah. I'm not sure what the name is for it, um, and. Like I read the script for, I was kind of helping him workshop it a bit, you know, um, the actual script for the film, and then like he made this short, and I never ended up seeing. But he, like, it was a big deal because he was he was getting like a helicopter, he was running a helicopter for this thing. And I was Ooh. like, this sounds like I hope, like I really hope for how much time and money you're investing in this thing, I really hope it pays off. Yeah. And even if I'm not in it, I'm like I just hope because this is, this is a lot of work just to just to try to sell something. 
that you have absolutely no guarantee you're going to sell. Right. And even if he does, like at this point, that was a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago or whatever, like the 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 foresight it takes to, uh, to like, I want to make this, I have a script, I wrote a script, I found some people to help me make it. Now it's going to take us two years to get money to yeah. make this movie. Yeah. Like that is insane to me. And in terms of like getting sick of your own idea, like yeah. as far as like creative projects, like just working on stuff with cozy and like stuff that like <coughs> stuff that I'm like directing of like that I've written. I've just like, by the time you get to the, like the production process of it, you're just like completely sick of your own idea. That's why the, the interview things are great. Like I, I do a couple things with this and I slap it on, on the website and it's like, because I've tried to make a more original stuff with scripts right. and things like it just gets without money and without like just the motivation. It's like, oh man, what am I doing? Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh gosh, you said. Oh yeah. Like uh, speaking of, so like, uh, even in 2013, um, the, the, some producers from uh, Plan B were at Telluride and they were approached by somebody trying to pitch the script based on the play for Moonlight in 2013 three years before the film was even released and like the like and this is like two years before they started wait Moonlight was a play yeah it's based on a play written oh okay yeah Um, the name is like uh, uh, I think it's like Black Men Look Blue in the Moonlight or something like that is the name of the play yeah Um, and they just shortened it for the the film yeah and apparently the, the the play like the film has three acts in the play. I think I, I believe this is what I read. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That it's uh, the the plot is more um, jumbled. Like it'll it'll be a scene like where the the three characters feel way more distinct, and you'll have a scene with this young boy who's dealing with this problem. Right. Next scene is the the old like the oldest gentleman dealing with this problem, and the, yeah. the, the interspersed rather than like a sequential. Set of events where moon where moonlight is like pretty neatly divided linear, into yeah, like, like young, young middle teenager, adult, adult, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the the plot is is differently structured. Speaking of neon, there was that movie Loose that came out uh, not too long ago. I saw it, I think last month. I think that was a neon released movie, but it was based on the play Loose, uh-huh. and it's like Tim Roth, Naomi Watts, oh, um, Octavia, Octavia Spencer. It was really good. It's like a really good piece of writing, and I feel like, um, as far as like getting like really good plays to become movies, because like the way that uh, Loose was made was like, uh. The director was like a really hot shot kind of like short film commercial director who directed the Cloverfield Paradox, which was oh, not a good movie at no, all. No, I did see, um, I did but see then, that. But then he did this was his second feature, Loose, and it's like smaller scale, really great actors doing really great. Probably more intimate, intimate domestic, domestic drama. It's like it's uh, the protagonist is. Uh, Loose, who is played by I think his name is Kelvin Harrison Jr. Ted Loose, yeah, Ted <laughs> Teddy Lucy. Um, he's like uh, he's like a child. He's like a child soldier that um, was adopted by Tim Roth and Naomi Watts when he was like ten, and then he becomes like kind of a model student at his high school. Really eloquent, really um, great athletically, really uh, a 
just like a smart, like a model student in every sense of the word. And he writes also this very pet. attractive. And he's very attractive. He's like he's uh, <laughs> he's he, he's attractive. He's attractive. You like looking at him on the screen. Is that your Woody? Act? He's attractive. He's attractive. I should be you writing. Like little, you like looking at, at him on the screen. screen as much as I like looking at Su Chin. Um, uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it. That's what is. Uh, yeah, Woody. Allen it doesn't matter. Oh, he's not a good person. Any hoozle. Um, um, he could be cheating. Yeah. The the joke could also be that he's cheating on somebody else with a very, I think, a, a very with a, a younger age, a younger age. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. And that is uh, the name that you made up. Su Chin was what I was making up. <laughs> <laughs> a little spicy content, uh, but it's like it is. It's a really good piece of writing, and it's like uh, basically Octavia Spencer is his history professor. He. Um, she assigns a paper that is like right in, right as like a famous historical figure. He chooses like a dictator that like basically says that like the only way to promote change is violence. And as a former child soldier, she becomes concerned. And it's like, he basically writes as like this person who's just like the only way to, um, uh, make change happen within a society is violence Violence. and like things go south from there but it is a really good piece of writing and it's a good movie and i would recommend it spencer's movie corner yes my movie corner Uh, check out my films loose (laughs) eight and a half out of ten go see it i would do a continuing yes (laughs) of my movie corner of Of your movie um so i think we got we know why you're interested what was so what was the do you recall uh, when the moment you knew you were hooked, or when you're like the first film, like when did you like uh, notice like oh fuck A twenty four's got me by the balls here? Do you know when that happened? Uh was the witch early twenty sixteen? Yeah, I believe so. Twenty sixteen, yeah. Uh, maybe the witch. Like I feel like I never saw that Charles Swan the third movie. Apparently, it's terrible. So I heard it's really bad and. I don't like Bill Murray that much, and Jason Schwartz. Another hot take, guys. Oh, Spencer does not like Bill Murray. I don't even feel in like Chicago. I don't even feel like that's hot of a take anymore. Really? I really don't like. I thought I everybody still like, liked Bill Murray. Well, I don't know. I feel like as far as like, I rewatched Lost in Translation recently too. Yeah, that movie sucks, man. Really? That's it's. I not, saw it the one time. It's not good, and it's it always like, looked like the. It, I recall I rewatched a trailer. For some reason, I think they were talking about films of the 2000s and like these are some highlights. And I was like, this looks like kind of a kind of a creepy uh, premise. Oh, it's creepy, and it's also like played like uh, I feel like somewhere the other Sofia Coppola movie that kind of has like the same energy, where it's like Stephen Dorff and his daughter are like hanging out at that hotel in L.A. that I can't remember the name of, where it's like uh, uh, this isn't great podcast. But it's the oh thanks Spencer yeah no uh, I'm I just need more specifics but it's like that historic <laughs> hotel in L A that a bunch of celebrities hang out at yeah sure and it's cares? like it's an older hotel and a bunch of people like hanging out there but like that's fine that movie has like a hangout energy that I think is like a little bit more 
um, satisfying than the hangout energy of Lost in Translation. Well, I mean, yeah. assuming so, this is a, a, a father daughter relationship. In it's this a film? father daughter relationship where like Stephen Dorff plays like kind of a washed up or semi washed up actor in the same way that Bill Murray plays a semi washed up actor in yeah. Lost in Translation, but he's not. Um, He's not trying to like prey upon like a super young person. Yeah, because it's his daughter. I mean, even it's though his daughter, he could yeah. do that, that'd be a really that'd weird movie. That'd be really weird and a uh, very uncomfortable movie, but maybe it can be done <laughs> for well. For you, maybe. Yeah, for me. Not, maybe not for you. Um, but, <laughs> hey, um, hey, hey, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. We all love oh, daughters gross. around here. Uh, but, yeah, I just really didn't enjoy Lost in Translation. I'm, on I, I've only seen it the one time, uh, but it, it gives off that vibe. Like, now I don't think it would play as well. Um, get, and this is, I know we're in a, it's hard not to talk about like a post Me Too kind of thing, but right. uh, Scarlett Johansson's character just looked maybe, and maybe she's more has more agency in the film, but in the trailer it looked like she was fawning over this man who ought not to be fond fawned over, right? And encourage like not encouraging, but there's a sexual undertone that I don't that just seemed like, well, what is this? What is this? This friendship? Yeah, this friendship. And maybe that's my problem that I'm projecting some sort of like this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Of course, the old white dude wants to sleep with her. Of course, he, he, yeah. His his motivations should be transparent to everybody, right? Well, he, and it's also like it's established in the movie, and this is something that I forgot. Where it's like he gets like a prostitute, and like it's like he's cheating on his wife, and he has like a really long conversation with his wife on the phone. Yeah. And so it's like he's in an unhappy marriage, and he's like. Scarlett Johansson is also recently married where it's just like, I forgot and, that. And, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that like a movie, like this is something that I also have a problem with, with like a lot of like new age film criticism where it's like, um, characters don't need to behave appropriately. It can be, it can be a great story and it can be a great thing, but like the characters don't necessarily need to be like morally just. I've and heard you, and, that a lot. Lately. And you don't, and you don't need to be like a morally just character and there doesn't need to be a tidy resolution. Like the, the one, like the example that I think of like in recent movies that have come out is like three billboards. It's like Ebbing, Missouri yeah. where it's like, there's not a tidy resolution to that movie. And it's like, that movie is basically just like the pursuit of justice and the pursuit of everything um, is a complete farce and you shouldn't worry about it because it's like if you're if you're devoting your entire existence to like finding justice for this horrible thing that happens to your family or your daughter and like the sense of the movie, it's like more often than not, it's just going to be completely worthless. Yeah. So it's like it's a dark thing to like take in, but it's also just like that's the way that life works. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't need to be just like, well, we caught the kill, we caught the guy that like raped and killed her daughter, and it's like now it's going to be a good movie. And no, that isn't the way it works out most of the time, and that's yeah. the point of the movie. So it's like, yeah, I get it. And like Sam Rockwell's character is a huge piece of shit, but it's also like he, he wins be, an Oscar he, for it. He can be a huge piece of shit and still give a great performance as this character. Like it's not, it's not a thing where. Um, and I don't think it's a great movie, but I don't think it's a bad movie by any sense of the. Uh, oh, three billboards. Sense. Yeah, I, never, I didn't end up seeing it because it just it it all the. 
I felt my time would be used better on other ventures. It just there's a lot there's just right. too much going on with with the the production and like what the film was kind of about. I'm like ah, I just have to go like yeah. Uh, well, uh, th- I don't need it. I don't need that. Well, like, would I rather have something like Three Billboards, or would I rather have something like Green Book? Oof. Like, I would rather have Three Billboards ten times uh, out of ten, yeah. where it's just like this is more of a hairy thing that I can like talk about with my friends. Yeah. Or like First Reformed, where it's like First Reformed is a movie. Green Book just sounds dreadful. I never. Did you see Green Book? Oh no, I didn't see Green Book. But all we of all... my friends that saw Green Book were just like, it is as bad as you expected. Okay. Be. Where it's like. Joaquin Phoenix, not Joaquin Phoenix, but Viggo Mortensen eating like fried chicken in the front seat of a car, being an Italian guy, just being like, "Hey, you don't like fried chicken? Try this fried chicken." And it's like Mahershala I'm better Ali. being black. Yeah, hey, better I'm, being black I'm better than be, you. Are. I'm better being black than you yeah. are. And it's like, oh, and and I'm just like, seriously, that's the way it goes. And they're like, yeah, that is the way it goes in the movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I don't well, I heard this. the stories about the fellow who wrote it, and his because it's based on his father's exploits, and yeah, he sounds like a tool, also. And he's like a new age, like cr- like Christian guy, yeah. who yeah, it's it's not worth talking about. Exactly, but well, um, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Uh, but so my, I guess going back, so w- your point is that because I was con- intrigued where you, where the, th- the the thought was going, because um, I've I've been reading some criticisms lately about like how certain people have let like it's have less of a problem with uh despicable like morally reprehensible characters like there's they're not they're not apologizing for writing characters who do bad things right and not that we always have to but there's different kinds of um of bad things or like or how bad characters function in the in the narrative and in like because it, it, we're also assuming that these these films have intention uh and have a not say a message but like you walk away and you're supposed to think something feel right. something yeah and do you have a problem then and this is not like i'm not saying like you shouldn't or should right. i'm just curious like so do you have a problem with people with critics saying like hey if this guy rapes 12 babies, I don't give a shit. It's a like it's raw, it's real. Like we shouldn't be like trying to change the actions of these characters. What they're doing is showing us this or this or this, and the way they did it was by raping 12 babies. That's cool, right? Yeah. Like, I I think it's I'm, obviously that's an extreme It's an extreme thing where it's like that in that example it's just like I don't know if anybody raping twelve babies would be like something that I could like justify. No, that, that I'm sorry, like, that, that was way over the top <laughs> even for me. But like you know, we're we're talking about like, you know, um really disp- I am trying to think of a, a, a like cause it's not even like worse than Sam Rockwell characters. Like I'm right. I, I feel like it's coming up like stop judging the character. Like they're they're just a character. I'm like, well, these yeah. are the kinds of things that that you it's not it's fictitious you yeah. chose some writer chose to make this character this awful yeah um and is it justifiable is it is it because I, I feel it rarely yeah. is like in the context of the of the the film or whatever piece of art you're consuming you 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 as the the writer director performer whatever the is the the creative minds behind it they they decide what has stakes and what doesn't what what has urgency and what doesn't and a lot of these things just feel like they're shocking for the sake of it yeah and i think we should always be critical of that like do we have to have these extreme violent these extremely violent characters or these um you know uh to make to like make a point to make yeah when you can do the same thing 
by writing more creatively. Right. Because it's easy to... Because to, I just made up that... That I don't even want to say it again. The thing about babies, I yeah, just said. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have like I I put explicit on this podcast, but that might be the most explicit thing I've ever said. It's a right. terrible thing I just said. Yeah, um, but it's purely hypothetical. It, yeah, it, well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm yeah. making I'm I'm pointing out a flaw. I think in a lot of bad writing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I have also I'm thinking about, like oh it it sorry I feel uncomfortable hearing thinking about what I just said. Oh, for sure. It's it's oh. it's it's a terrible thing to think about, but it's also like I'm not trying to elicit a sp- response from anybody with that either. Like oh, but but yeah. I thought of that in a second like what's the worst thing I can think of? Oh, let's toss that in a movie. That's yeah. what that person does. Yeah. That's going to piss off some moms and dads. Yeah, and I feel like um as just kind of like a purist in terms of like what people are allowed to do, I am going to I'm going to accept anything that someone does in the realm of fiction in the sense of just like you have license in the United States of America to make whatever kind of art you want to make. And if I like this, then I like it. But also like you can't get upset when a bunch of people don't like what you've made because like that's their right to dislike whatever yeah, absolutely. you made. And it's also that doesn't that doesn't mean that just like, oh, everybody should make a bunch of movies where um just like people are getting just like terrorized and raped or whatever it's not that like that's not good art if you're not trying to say something or if there's not any like direct intent and like what the characters are doing that is just like lazy and it's just like shock jock like um edgelord shit that i don't really get behind but it's like if I'm going to watch something like, say, like, I'm going to use an A24 movie as, as an example, Good Times. Let's um, segue back yeah, into let, the, like, the let's subject. Let's get back into A24, <laughs> like, where it's like, eight, like in Good Time, like, uh, I've seen Good Time at this point, like, seven times. That's probably, like, the, my most watched A24 movie. Like, I love it to death. I really think the Softy Brothers are, like, the next, like big Scorsese thing. I think Uncut Gems is going to be the movie of the year. It's already getting that kind of buzz. And I think Adam Sandler's going to get an Oscar nomination for it, <laughs> if not if not a win. And, like, um, they make these movies where it's like, well, in Good Time sense, like, Robert Pattinson's character in Good Time is a guy who is objectively a massive piece of shit. He's a guy who is down on his luck, drags his mentally challenged brother into doing a bank heist with him. Um, his brother gets captured and sent to Rikers Island um and the whole movie is him trying to get him out of Rikers Island and uh sorry I'm getting a phone call right now Uh-oh. um but uh trying to get his brother out of Rikers he's, Island he's, he's trying to get his brother out of Rikers Island and he does a bunch of like bad things to try and get him out of Rikers yes. Island and like tries to break him out of a hospital because he gets beat up and like by other inmates in Rikers Island because he's a mentally challenged guy. Yeah. And, and of course like, they're going to be, they're going to prey upon those who are different. They're going to prey upon those who are different. And he doesn't understand like the dynamics of like the social scene of Rikers Island because who fucking can. Um, but also like, um, Robert Pattinson's character in that movie, uh, Connie Nikas is just like a, an insane piece of shit. And you somehow like identify with him and you somehow think that just like, oh, his mission is so just, even though everything he's done in that movie is entirely his fault. And like, yeah, the Softy brothers really understand like that just the downfall of a character is mostly a character's own like undoing. Well, and, like, and that's yeah. the, and that, that's like, I think there are, there are parallels you can draw from that that aren't uh, 
just done for shock value. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but let's move on. Yes, of course. Um, and if you need to check your phone, I could read this question while, um, while... So, do you think that A24 is actually distinct, uh, like, you know, like Miramax was 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you think it's simply tapping into the zeitgeist more deftly than others are at the moment? I think it is definitely tapped into like what we're doing right now like i feel like um as far as like the decisions that a24 is making in terms of the movies that they're like really kind of like distributing and like kind of like uh taking a lot of like vested interest in i feel like a24 is i don't know like as far as like their money maker properties they've got what is it their slate for this year is like the lighthouse and like waves and uncut gems uncut gems is going to be fucking huge sure. and and like count on that right now i feel i feel like that movie's coming out that's a that's a that's a prediction here exclusive oh exclusive <laughs> i i would not be surprised if uncut gems does like 150 million domestic because it's like Adam Sandler doing a dramatic role in the first time that not since Punch Drunk Love that oh, he's what about um, Spanglish no 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 <laughs> um, I was thinking of um, where he's oh, just playing himself Myra, was, Myra with stories or no there was the that film it was a, it was the Judd Apatow funny, funny people funny people uh, yeah that was like 2008 around then yeah Somewhere Eric Bana then. and was that was that Seth Rogen was in that also he was his like the f- the adoring fan who ended up be becoming like his assistant or something yeah, like that and discovers first, that you uh yeah. you shouldn't was it like what's that saying about don't don't meet your heroes yeah exactly um exactly. yeah the first half of funny people is great and the second half of funny people is dog shit um yeah it fell apart there yeah it really fell apart um i don't i think, mean, I think like, where eric banna comes in the i like eric, eric banna but like when he comes in then it becomes like a a, a, a long-winded sitcom episode at the end there. Like, it all takes place in, like, Eric Bana and Leslie Mann's house, and it's just, like, not good. But, like, the first half where it's, like, oh, an established comedian, like, takes a young comedian under his wing, like, that's really compelling to see. But mm-hmm. then, like, when you see the last half of that movie, it's not very good. Um, but, yeah, as far as, like, the zeitgeist or like what I don't, I was not old enough for like the Miramax era where they were really killing it. But, um, I mean, not, neither was I, Yeah, but like, uh, when I was in school, it, it, it was difficult not to talk about what Miramax had done in the early nineties with, you know, right. with sex lies and videotape and good you know, hunting and my left foot. Yeah. I mean, just in like that first couple of years, like they yeah. really, really, well, not their first couple of years, but when they really blew up, yeah. Um, they had some, and uh, was it uh, Cinema Paradiso? Yes. Um, which was, you know, all like good films. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you yeah, have working very closely with Tarantino mm-hmm. for most of his early works. Um, and not only like, but they, and they were, obviously they didn't produce, so they, they, again, they sold those, but they started producing Tarantino stuff, if I recall. Was they, it or like, they just, are they were they just just distribution for that too? I'm not sure. Was it was it like Pulp Fiction and like Jackie Brown? Like, I mean, they would have they would have uh, done distribution for that for sure. I imagine. Yeah. Um, um, I'd have to look. I mean, well, sorry. The, the, I mean, Miramax was not the focus of my uh, was well, the focus uh, of my research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, um, yeah. but they, 
but regardless, they were. My point is that they were they were the name associated with independent with uh, cutting it with like films that were I hate, disrupting the norm. You know, right. that's what yeah. Miramax was doing at that point. You know, yeah. uh, Kevin like the Clerks and things like that. They were yeah. doing the Kevin Smith films. Oh right. Um, so they they were and, and these were. It, and I, like honestly, also changing what how we could understand or, or uh, independent film mm-hmm. because like now that they're not so independent, you know, when Richard Richard Linklater's films are now seen by millions and millions of people, is yeah. it even that independent anymore? Yeah, we don't need to get into that, but like, um, but is 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 it just like the the nature of these things to like, well, there's going to be a company that does it. And then they won't be cool anymore. Yeah. And then someone else will take their spot, um, because so many of the the big companies, Universal, Fox, uh, even well, some of them do. MGM is not really a thing anymore. Right. Um, but a lot of the biggest ones, Disney, are have been around mm-hmm. and will will be around for a, a lot more years. Yeah. Um, and do you think? It, I know we talked a little bit about. This, <laughs> but do you think A twenty four is gonna? Do you think they're gonna last? I feel like they've definitely got, as far as, like, this year goes, and as far as, like, the shit that they've got in the can for fall of this year is, like, pretty insane in terms of, like, everything I've heard about The Lighthouse, everything I've heard about Waves, everything I've heard about Uncut Gems, everything... There's one more that I might be forgetting. Death of Dick Long is getting really good reviews, too. Yeah. So it's like you've got four movies, one of which that they produce. Um, those four movies are all going to do pretty well, I think. Death of Dick Long, maybe not so much. But, like, Waves is Oscar buzz. Lighthouse is Oscar buzz. And... Um, do you think Farewell's going to get... Uncut some- Gems? <sighs> Farewell, probably not. Um, I feel like Farewell would probably get, like, Independent Spirit Award stuff. I would be... I would be kind of surprised if it got Oscar um, nominations, but I would also be not too surprised. When I say The Farewell is slight, I mean it is slight. Like, it is not a very ambitious movie. It is a very good movie, but it is also just, like, a very small independent production in the sense that, like, it has been... Now, is it... I've not seen this film. Is it, um, is, Is it a foreign film? It is not a foreign film oh, okay. in, like... I, I know it had a lot to do with foreign relations, right? Like There is a lot... There's, like, a fair amount of, like, subtitles and stuff, but I would consider it an American movie. Most of it gotcha. takes place in China, but it is also, like, directed by, like, a Chinese-American, like, director. And she... Um, there is... I would say, like, half of it is in English and the other half is in Chinese. And... So she had just the upcoming films... Low Tide, The Lighthouse, The Kill Team, Waves, In Fabric. Oh, In Fabric, And dude. Uncut Gems. Those in, are... in Fabric looks sweet. Um, and it's like, uh, Low Tide is, is, it's not a Timothy Chalamet movie, but it's like a bunch of boys that are doing bad things. It's the, it's the kid <laughs> Well, if from... it's got, if it's got... Chalamet in it. I I know eight women who are. <laughs> it, but it doesn't have Chalamet in it. It's oh, got it that kid, that kid from it, kind of doing the Chalamet thing. Oh, uh, those the it movies. The uh, what's his name? Stephen uh, King. Uh, is Stephen <laughs> King? He did write the it movies. He created Pennywise, the Dancing Clown. Um, yeah, Jaden something. I don't know. 
But yeah, it's like Teen Boys making mischief. Uh, not Teen uh, Boys making mischief. Yeah, but like Waves, Uncut Gems, and The Lighthouse are three contenders for like big awards sure. this, this year. Uh, and I feel Kian like Ian Johnson, Alex Neustadter, Stater. This 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 sounds like a lot of foreign kids. Foreign yeah. children. Foreign children. Uh, sorry, this is low tide. Yeah. That's what oh we're yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, low tide. I don't think anything is going to come of that one. That'll probably be a minor A twenty four. Well, the distribution thing. is well. It's distributed by A twenty four and Direct TV Cinema. Oh, so that might be a, okay. Uh, direct to video kind of thing or yeah. directed direct to streaming. Yeah. But you're talking about waves. Waves is Trey Trey Edward Schultz. That's right, directed by him. Uh, he also produced it. He did produce it. He did It Comes at Night. And he oh, did, uh, he's all Krisha. right. Yeah, it's like, Krisha, I heard, is better than It Comes at Night. Um, Waves has, was is it Sterling K. Brown? Is he the... He is, he is a, an actor in the film. He's the lead. Um, or there's like in Lucas Hedges, who is in Lucas every Hedges. who is in every A twenty four movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've heard really we great just, things. I've we heard just saw really... him in that uh, that mediocre. Oh gosh, because a college a uh, 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 someone I went to college with was in the film very briefly. Oh, it was with Russell Crowe and Boy Erased. Boy Erased. I did not see it. it some moments were were nice. I think the film, it, it the music is terrible oh. <laughs> like the film itself is <laughs> no. fine like because the message like the message i think it's an important thing for for certain people to know right uh because I, I i was familiar enough with these kind of camps mm-hmm. uh these correctional because it's a gay conversion yes camp. yeah mm-hmm. um and like, it sounds rough like uh, uh, and the the kid goes like i don't know it it just it fell it fell flat in a lot of ways right um and I was like, man, really, the music is really bad. Is it just like overbearing in the sense that like no, it's oh, like bad, yeah. bad pop music. If oh, I'm calling correctly, like just like mm. this really on the nose lyrically, like just ugh, you did not good. Mm. Yeah, okay. um, mm. So I'll skip it. Should I skip no, it? you can still see it. Like, okay, if you know, I'm. I'm is it I'm, like a six out of ten? I'd give it that. Okay, I'd give it a. It's 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 not that bad. And I think, like I said, the content is important. A friend of mine from college is in it. Mm-hmm. She plays a guy. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of the the people there for to be uh, corrected. The, the, to be corrected, yes. Um, as if there was something wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah. Uh, and, of course, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that they have. You know, they, they got TBA, you know, uh, coming down the, the, the pipeline. Um, I've heard, like, but I'm You're talking about A24 again. I'm, I'm talking about A24 again. I feel like um, as far as like the movies that I am like most over the moon excited to see this year, like the three that A24 have on the horizon are like, I am so excited because I loved good time. And I think uncut gems looks great. The trailer was released two days ago. Mm-hmm. Looks great. I love Adam Sandler. I've always loved Adam Sandler. Um, that's a hot take. Oh, okay. Everybody <laughs> loves the Sandman, and I think you everybody. Think that's every, true. No, I think everybody knows that he's more talented than what he generally puts out into like. 
his like Netflix deal. Like I haven't watched any of his Netflix movies, but I still love him because I understand they're supposed to be terrible. They're supposed to be I terrible. Either and like I know he doesn't give a shit about those, but just like. I was so surprised that he was doing this next Softy Brothers movie because it's like, oh, mate, you probably saw a good time. You probably saw Heaven Knows What. You probably saw um, their first feature, like Daddy Long Legs or whatever. Like, he seems like a fan. Like, why would he do a Paul Thomas Anderson movie if he hadn't seen a Paul Thomas Anderson movie? Especially like, at that point in Paul, you know, like he, Boogie Nights came before that and like Hard Eight. Uh, uh, and Magnolia. And Magnolia. Um, I think that I think those have been the three big theatrical releases that he had had before. Yeah, that. and like Sandler probably saw two or three of those. And, saw, yeah, I'm sure he saw Boogie Nights. Oh, everybody <laughs> saw Boogie Nights. So it's like, uh, no one saw Heart Eight. Heart Eight's pretty good. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I haven't seen Heart Eight since high school, but it was on HBO and I watched it. But like, uh, I don't remember anything about it. Not one thing. Watch, uh, watch it again. It's good. Yeah. Um, I know that John C. Riley. Uh, he says at some point, like, I know karate and a bunch of different other kinds of kung fu. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so it's like, I feel like Sandler probably has an appreciation of film that people don't give him enough credit for. And I feel like he probably saw a good time. And when the Softy Brothers, like, offered him the lead role in Uncut Gems, he was, like, the third choice. Two people, like turned it down Jonah Hill was one of them and like uh, he's too big for his britches now too big for his britches Jonah Hill but he's doing uh, the Batman or whatever Uh, oh is he yeah he's gonna be the Batman that would be great yeah no I feel like I'm so excited for Pattinson as Batman too because I I thought him in Good Time was my favorite performance of the year. Like, he's very, he's very, really, very comfortable. Yeah. I have, uh, I think a lot of people have too. I've come around to, to Robert Pattinson. And he's gotten better in the no, same he, way that Jake Gyllenhaal's gotten better. Yeah. Where um, it's like, you see like early Gyllenhaal stuff, it's just like, it's not that good. But then like you watch him in like Nightcrawler and a bunch of other stuff. It's like, oh yeah. Well, he's also, he's yeah. also trying, like, I would, actually, I'd probably put Pattinson over Gyllenhaal because Gyllenhaal really seems like he's trying hard to, establish himself as like uh, a younger pit or something like that right yeah where where it, the desperation seems seems there were patents it's like eh, whatever yeah i do stuff when i do stuff and and he got famous by doing twilight yeah and to ha- to do anything after that is just like you you, yeah. you 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 can only go up yeah more i mean sorry that's mean those films are campy in a fun way. Right. I'm not trying to knock the Twilight films. Um, I mean, you can. Well, they have their they have their place. Like it's yeah. not it's not my thing. Doesn't mean it's like. Sorry, I'm trying to less like they're bad, objectively bad. Right. They're yeah. act, they're they're very campy. Right. And that can be fun. Well, they were directed by like Catherine. Mm-hmm. What's her name? She did Thirteen. Uh, you can, you I can't remember what her name is, but um, <laughs> you you stall for time while I can look it up. Yeah, I feel like they had a pedigree of like a good female director leading these movies and like telling like a female oriented story. And I also feel bad saying female because that's a Catherine weird thing to say. Hardwick. Hardwick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she she had like an indie kind of pedigree because she did that movie 13 and she did one other movie that was an independent movie that I don't remember the name of right now. Um, 
but yeah, I've never seen all those movies. Um, but yeah, I feel right, like, they, like... They, they probably get a lot of flag because they were kind of the punching bag of popular culture. Oh, she did Lords of Dogtown. Lords of Dogtown, yeah. Which was very popular. Yeah, too. that was a very popular movie as well. Um, the Nativity Story. Ugh. I don't know that um, one. Yeah. How'd she get that gig? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <coughs> but yeah, um, I'm going to call it now on this podcast. Sandler is going to get best actor nomination at the very least for uncut gems all right and willem dafoe is going to get either best actor or best supporting for aquaman actor for the lighthouse oh, oh for aquaman <laughs> um but like the lighthouse everything i've heard and seen from the lighthouse looks fucking incredible. well he's still never won he's never won and he's been every... nominated only a cup i think he's only been nominated a couple times too it's been two or three times and yeah, he got it for Florida and then maybe for Platoon and maybe for English Patient. He did it for that Van Gogh movie uh, a year or two ago. He really got nominated for that? Yeah. Oh, man, I missed that. So then then was it like Platoon and then nothing for 25 years or something? Platoon. I don't know if he got nominated Van for Van Gogh and... Florida Project. Florida Project. Yep. That's nuts. Yeah. Sorry, the dude, the dude makes a movie like every five minutes. And a big fucking dick, too. That's the that's the you've heard the Lars von Trier uh, yeah yeah okay uh, confusingly large yeah I don't know if yeah. that's, so I I always assume things like that end up just becoming the stuff of legend like and, well, his public his, his publicist is like uh, hey Lars it'd be great if we could get you to quote something that may or may not be true right just because what let's let's create a mythos around. Willem Dafoe's maybe large penis. Yeah, but then also it's confirmed via video because there is a thing that went like semi-viral on Reddit oh, of him okay. like trust Reddit to uncover yeah, the because, truth. Yeah, because because he did like Weirdo Theater in Wisconsin for a long time and there was a video of him doing a naked play in Wisconsin. Sure. You've done a nude play. I've done a naked play. There are nude plays. There people, are. people do them. Um him dancing as like a B-roll kind of thing for this naked play he did and him flaccid he's got a big fucking dick similar to like I'm talking like Fossbender and Shame level of like this dude's packing a hog and like why is it these yeah. these famous actors it's just, is it is it then the BDE just lets you become famous like you, yeah you like people you, you just have a performance of you have an air of confidence like I don't need this yeah and they're like, we want the person who doesn't want this. Yeah. That desperate person, they probably have an average. You don't have penis. any of that desperation that makes yeah. acting so shitty. Yep. Where it's like, oh, even if this doesn't work out, I've still got a huge wiener. Yep. And that's and that's all you need. It seems to happen too often. John Hamm apparently is gonna John Hamm, I've seen it in his shorts. Not his shorts, but there's like there's those photos, paparazzi photos yeah. of him and his he's wearing tight slacks and you can see the outline of his wiener and his jeans. And he's packing a hog. And like we can't we can't deny it, and that's just the way it goes. And they should wear under like I think it's also them perpet like, and also just wear underwear. Yeah, just wear underwear. Don't go commando. You yeah, know? and I mean I I I'm not their parent. No, I wear underpants. I wear underpants. I'm normal, but nor 
Oh, you're talking about the size of your hog? No, no. I'm probably below average, if not <laughs> oh, like readily Spencer. below average. No, it's like... Says, it's, says the man who's packing hog. I'm not packing no hog. He, he's um, pulling it out right now. It's the size of his forearm. No way. And Ben is joking on, on my... It's the size of my forearm, which is a little smaller. Hear, you don't even hear my zipper. I did not take out my pants. He's, not, he's wearing sweatpants. There is no zipper I'm on wearing sweatpants. blue jeans. So who are they going to believe? Ben is lying left and right who are they gonna believe the host of this podcast or the guest please believe me that's what i'm gonna say that's his plea everybody Uh, please believe me please believe spencer Mm -hmm. anywho a24 any any final thoughts before we wrap it up um your your penis that is uh my penis uh it's it is what it is i see it every day a twenty four. Your penis. <laughs> my my A twenty four. Much like my penis is a cultural institution, and um, <laughs> not that A twenty four is not uh, is not a cultural institution. That was a bad thing to say. Um, I do think that A twenty four, like for better or for worse, is something that I do appreciate. And like as much as it makes me feel just like a completely manipulated like fucking like consumer. I do really enjoy a lot of the movies that I see. And that means they're doing their job, I guess, right? And they're doing their job. And I think, like, as far as, like, giving voices to directors that people wouldn't otherwise see, like Yorgos Lanthimos or, like, Trey Edward Schultz or um, Robert Eggers or um, Barry Jenkins or uh, what's the lady that directed The Farewell? can't remember her name we're uh, trying to think of it well then look i want to say up. i want to say her name starts with an l and a c it's like lc uh first name l last name c lulu wang directed lulu the, the wang. farewell lulu wang yep so lulu wang uh just so everybody knows spencer's an idiot there is no c there's no c in lulu wang at there all is in lulu wang two l's though two l's so I get 50, no, I get like, no, I, I don't I'll give, give you 50% since there's two L's and no C. Yeah, okay, so 50% on that one. Uh, but yeah, I think like, at the like, it's better than stuff that I find to be very cynical. And what kind of, what kind of bothers me when people call me cynical, and I am a cynical person because it's just like I recognize it's just like, Oh, this is just like trite, trite, and just like it's being marketed to me for just like the most base reasons, and I'm gonna like really appreciate it for whatever reason they're trying to market to me to uh, purchase a ticket for the movie. Yeah, um, I find it like their A24 is not trying to market things in a cynical way. I feel like they legitimately do believe that these things have some artistic merit that is interesting, and they're also marketable. So it's like. Oh, these are entertaining independent movies that people can appreciate in some way, shape, or form. And for something like The Lighthouse, where it's shot in like a one ten one aspect ratio, sure. and it's in black and white, and it's like weird, and it's just all two guys that are yelling at each other the entire time. Weird, weird stuff. Um, that kind of stuff, I'd rather see. Then, You'd rather give your money to something like that, yes, than to uh, Captain America, of course. And yeah. I, th- I think that's it's okay being mark like being marketed <laughs> or be, being part of a demographic 
if you're still spending your dollars on something that you enjoy that you still think uh and and this is why like you can still make the same argument argument for the the benefit of a marvel film right is that if if you pay your two bits and you go and you have a good time you walk out you feel better or you 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 get what you want out of it yeah um then it's the same to me yeah so like there's no reason in disparaging anybody for like well i'm gonna spend my money i make the money to spend it i might as well give it to artists whose work i value yeah like i mean i the thing that makes me feel like most shitty as like a movie goer is like going to see Avengers Endgame a month after it comes out in a matinee with a theater that still has like 30 or 40 people in it and then them clapping at the end of the movie where it's like I don't get one I don't get clapping at the end of the movie if anybody that was not involved in the production is they're not, not there they're not you're there. You're, you're clapping for no you're one. clapping for no one you're clapping just because like you really enjoy the movie which I think is beautiful in a lot of ways but then also like compared to the year where I saw Darren Aronofsky's mother and Yorgos Lanthimos's Killing of a Sacred Deer in the same month. You liked Mother? Oh, I liked Mother. I never saw it. Um, I, I liked again, I liked a Mother. A lot. Hot take, everybody. Someone liked Mother. I liked Mother because Wait, no, it uh, is batshit. Mother! Uh, yes. <laughs> mother! Mother! Um, it is... Uh, I. That was a crazy month because in both of those movies, I think I saw 10 people walk out of both of them. Because... Killing of the Sacred Deer is really intense and pretty unpleasant, and Mother is the same way. Who, I also there is there is, this isn't The Exorcist. This isn't this isn't uh, uh, Psycho where where they're they're they can only show you or tell you so much about the film. There is very little excuse, and the, the compulsive moviegoers I've never under like. Hey, I don't know this movie. Let's go. Let's go watch it. Like I will. I have to know a well, thing it's or the, two. Well, it's the gray hairs that are walking out. And that's that's well, the thing. Well, what do they do? What are they doing? They're going to a matinee. I don't Re- know what like, it is about baby boomers, but like they'll just go to the theater and be like, "Well, this uh, is a movie that's playing at this time. If, Let's go see or, a picture." If you don't go onto the internet, yeah. read a goddamn newspaper. Like, is, does this synopsis sound like something you'd be interested in? Because like. Mother, but Mother is a different case because that was marketed as like a horror movie, and it is not a horror movie. It is a weird biblical allegory with deeply unpleasant. But it's also a Darren Aronofsky film. Like, yeah, he's not known for making films that like, hey, this is this is gonna be a chill thing, right? No, yeah, it's like he doesn't make chill. He doesn't make fun films. He makes challenging films. I the I haven't the only one of his I haven't seen is Noah, and. Like my parents saw Noah. And oh, I was that the Russell Crowe? Yeah. Oh God, I saw that. What a not memorable film. Really? <laughs> oh, it's just, I, it's just like a blockbuster or whatever. It. I forgot he even made that movie. Yeah, I didn't see Noah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like. You're gonna forget about it. And there's like rock creatures in it though, right? Yeah, but like I honestly, you're saying these things like, yeah, there were, but what a forgettable film. You don't Noah remember. Was. You don't even think about it. I, not until you just. Reminded me of it. Yeah, Emma Watson was in that. She wasn't. Yeah, yeah. She was. She's one of the daughters. Like, man, no, don't like. Not Rachel Vice, but uh, the lady that was in Little Children and The Rocketeer, Jennifer Connelly. Connelly. I like. She's fine. Like, but the thing is, honestly, 
I hardly remember the movie. Wow. And not that I'm like a, oh yeah, this is a, this is an encyclopedia up here. Right, real, yeah. Real, photo, real photographic. No, it's like, I, I forget about a lot of movies I watch, but that's, that's usually a, t- a telltale sign that like, it's not that good. Yeah. It, it's not it, that memorable. And, and, or, or there was something to talk about. Yeah. And that's, the, the, the films, like even the bad films that you walk away and like, Oof, let's have a conversation about how terrible that was. Yeah. It's still like, then you like, you, there's a word of mouth that happens there. But yep. uh, I think like, skip Noah. I think like Noah or, uh, or see it, whatever. It's your yeah, life. You maybe, see it. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe someday. Uh, but like, as far as like the movies that I've seen over the past like two years that for me, the best thing about going to a movie is like, I can, especially if I'm seeing it with friends, like, the sensation of just like talking about a movie outside of a theater, like uh, Burning last year uh-huh. was like one of the, like the movies where it's just like I was like talking about that for like four hours after I saw it, mm-hmm. and like of the movies that I saw last year, A twenty four and Neon released movies were the ones that I was just like I was talking to my friends about these for a long time, and that's and, how we know they're working right? and that's how we know they're working yeah. even if i didn't love them i'm still talking about them and to me that signifies that it's a great piece of art and i feel like as far as a24 as like regardless of like the money that they get from guggenheim or whatever it's like if they're make if they're showing me movies that i can talk about with my friends and have deeper conversations about i feel like that's a good thing and i think that's a perfect place to wrap this up cool all right spencer thank you so much you're welcome man. appreciate the convo uh yeah check out some of these eight i i, I think i i do agree like if you haven't heard of this production company i'm sh- or seen any of the films that they've made um they make some they make evocative they make challenging mm-hmm. or not make they they distribute most of these films yeah. they do produce some of them um but they have a, a they're a great brand not great brand. I, oh, I hate saying that. Yeah. Um, if you if you if you if you miss auteurs, mm-hmm. they're really trying to channel the auteur filmmakers who want to make films that challenge audiences. They're really trying to tap into that. So if you're into that kind of thing, check out some of their films. Uh, I've seen a lot of them. I I like. I really enjoy. Who, who, God, I always forget his name. The the fellow who made Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Gorg- Deer. Yorgos Lanthimos. Thank you. Yeah. And I did. Lo- I wish. I mean, the favorite was he directed it, but didn't write it. So the favorite is really good. great. I love the um, favorite. Yeah, I love it a lot. I like. I think he's a great director. Um, but anyway, a twenty four. If you haven't watched him, check him out. Go for it. <laughs> and uh, are we done? Oh no! Do you have a thing you said? And uh, well, okay. <laughs> there is there is one more thing I want to say about a twenty four. I it, think the, I think the witch has the low like you know the cinema score thing yeah. that they do at at theaters sometimes where it's like. There's somebody with an iPad who's like, "Hey, what do you think of the movie? Are you, are you ready to like take a quick survey or whatever?" I think The Witch has one of the lowest recorded cinema scores in their like history of recording cinema scores, wow. and The Witch is fucking awesome. A lot of people, I I hear people talk about that film all the time. Oh, it's great because What's it's that like, like to live deliciously. Would you like to live deliciously? I mean, it really reminds me of, we talked about this not too long ago, but speaking of Lars von Trier and, and mm-hmm. the penis uh, of Antichrist. Chaos reigns. I do hate Antichrist, though. <laughs> hate. <laughs> As you, we all kind of should. <laughs> it was a little Spanish feet. <laughs>
record star.